Hello and welcome to Exploring Axon, a podcast where we discuss Axon and its ecosystem. I am your host and Axonic developer advocate, Sarah Tori. In this fourth episode, Stephen Van Bielen and I will be talking about command, event, and query handling. I hope you enjoyed this episode and let's have a listen. Hi, Stephen. How are you today? Hey, Sarah. Yes, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Does, uh, I hope the same applies to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for joining me today. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about uh, the structural um, concepts of uh, DDD and CQRS and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to delve a little bit deeper into topics of event command and query handling today. Okay. If- if all good, uh, but just in case, can we uh, sort of do a quick recap of what CQRS is, please? Yeah, yeah, I think that that, that, that actually makes sense, right? Because some people might yeah. not have catched that previous episode. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, CQRS is an abbreviation uh, standing for Command Query Responsibility Segregation, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a nice mouthful. Uh, essentially, <laughs> it means that instead of having a, a single big domain model for your entire mm-hmm. application, you right. segregated it in two distinct types of models, one being your command model and the other one being your query model. And it's the command model dealing with operations and reacting to that. And it's the query model, which is just providing answers. It's there right. for being queried. That would be the short uh, summary, I'd say. <laughs> Little short, sweet summary. I yes. love it. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. So let's uh, go a little bit deeper into that. Uh, Let's talk about command model. What is a command model and why do we need it and where do we use it? So the the command model is really there to, uh, as I shortly said, it's it's the thing dealing with handling operations. Mm -hmm. So it receives and it deals with those actions Mm -hmm. and it reacts to those. So um, this makes it that this is its sole purpose handling an operation and deciding whether that operation can be performed at that point in time, given the state of that model. Um, Mm -hmm. So that we really consolidate all that logic of, essentially, if you put it very shortly, performing an update, uh, and put that all into a single model's job and make it its job, that Mm -hmm. would be it. Yeah. And uh, so just so that we're all clear, commands are basically the intent, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I'm now talking about operations from because from a description perspective, you would say an operation, but it's essentially, well, that's what a command is. It's saying, mm-hmm. I want to do it, this, exactly. or I want to do that. It's really mm-hmm. the intent of performing a certain operation. That's what uh, a command really is, a command message, mm-hmm. uh, for example, um, really being a, a present tense thing as well, yeah. because you're saying, yeah. I want to do this. It doesn't Absolutely. mean it already has happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to to note because a lot of times we see things, we talk about events and events are in past tense, but we hardly ever mention that commands are in present tense because that makes sense. That's, you know, that's the thing that first goes out and then, yeah. you know, then event becomes a past tense, which we will go into that a little bit later. Um so we hear a lot about command bus. Can you tell me what is a command bus? Because I <laughs> yeah. always hear it. What is it? <laughs> well, it's a, it's an actual lorry you get on, and that's where you put commands on, and they drive on the road. No, that would be a weird idea about it. But uh, no, the command bus. So 
I've now been talking about these operations which go to the command model. Um, there are certain ways of getting such an operation, such a command to your model. And mm -hmm. it can be sent from several distinct locations as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you could envision this simply as a form of a, of a highway or a road where all mm -hmm. the commands travel on. This essentially is what the command bus's job is. So mm -hmm. if you want to send a command or dispatch a command, you would tell the command bus, I want to send this. You give it to the command bus and the command bus will know where to give it to. It knows how to route that command to the exact point within your command model. Mm, okay. And so that then uh, brings us into uh, a little bit as, as we're getting, getting more detail and detail. Mm -hmm. If we are, since we are really looking at this in terms of Axon framework also, uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how do we use these uh, uh, command uh, model, bus, everything that we just talked about in Axon framework? Is yeah. there an annotation for it? How do you basically go about it and design it? Exactly. Good. Uh, very good point. Um, to track back firstly to the command boss point, uh, mm -hmm. essentially, if you open up Axon Framework, you can find an interface called command bus, describing mm -hmm. the kind of operations you need to do, uh, providing several implementations, uh, which can either be asynchronous or distributed or what will you, all kinds of optimizations you have in there. Um, that would be it from a dispatching end, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, you also need to handle this command going to your command model. Now, mm -hmm. the command model can also be several things, essentially. Uh, what it most of the times is, is an aggregate or several mm -hmm. aggregates. So the thing okay. we talked about from a domain-driven design perspective, that you have a group of associated objects, uh, yeah. which act as a single unit in regard to data changes. And that's Absolutely. what we want to do with a command. We want to perform yeah. a data change. Um, mm -hmm. It's not solely on aggregates, though. Mm -hmm. You can also mm -hmm. have a command handler part of your command model, which does not necessarily directly go to this aggregate. There can be other components dealing with handling a, a command and right. deciding where it's OK. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The exact way of getting that command to the position where you would want it to be as a developer, is to annotate a function with the add command handler annotation. Mm -hmm. So you would just draft up uh, a method uh, in, in Java or Groovy or Scala or, or Kotlin, what will you? Uh, and you would add the annotation add command handler so that the framework knows if you configure uh, this component saying, mm -hmm. okay, this function over here is able to handle this specific type of command. Mm -hmm. Right. No. And that's that's really good to know. And actually, I'm actually going to go a few steps back to the command sure. bus because that's one of those things that uh, has always been a little bit vague for me. And actually, I had a conversation uh, over breakfast with my husband about it. The the things we talk about at our home, <laughs> command yeah, yeah. bus during a meal. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, asynchronous. Yeah. Is that um, basically the route that we're going uh, with the command bus in... Um, uh, Axon framework, or can it be a variety of different ways of dispatching? You you can take a variety of things, but we typically mm -hmm. suggest it to be asynchronous. That would be the the way to go. 
and why but, is that? Well, because it just frees up a lot. It, it means that you're not busy waiting for a result, which can mm -hmm. take, you don't know how long it's going to take. One mm -hmm. of the strong suits of using this command bus is that on the location where you're sending the operation, mm -hmm. you don't essentially know who's going to handle this command. And right. from a dispatching end, you shouldn't. You're just mm -hmm. interested in making this change and hoping yeah. that somebody's going to pick it up. Like you're sure. dropping it in a big bucket and that somebody's going to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're making this synchronous, uh, right. that means that when you're sending, well, you know somebody's going to send it, yeah. but you don't know when, you don't know how mm -hmm. long it takes, um, that it's doable. Yes, you can do this. Uh, you could do send and essentially wait for the result. Uh, but I'm assuming that would be a lot slower yes. in the process, right? Yes, yeah? yes. you can have you to can wait just be... if there's a backlog, you know, what yeah. have you. Exactly. Absolutely. It's just a lot more uh, efficient to make things mm -hmm. asynchronous. It yeah. does somewhat make make the coding a little bit more complex because mm -hmm. it's a, a paradigm shift to some extent. But yeah. uh, well, nowadays there are a lot of information out there to to help out with that stuff. I think. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you. That was that was very. Sure uh, much clarifying. <laughs> so that's great. Um, and now going back a little bit. Uh, to command handler and how we annotated and everything. Can you give me some examples? Um, I mean, of course, we can't do a live coding session right now in a podcast. No, but can no, you no. sort of go me, give me some sort of like, yeah, coding uh, example that would go with uh, command handler or you know, whatever yeah. you can think of? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Uh, let's uh, so one of the bigger samples we're at least creating at Exonic right now is a hotel mm -hmm. uh, demo application. Yes. Uh, right. Um, I believe we do not have a dedicated video out there yet, but uh, pretty sure it's, it's coming. Gonna come. It's coming. Uh, yes. so, so, so let me try to do this a little bit in the, the hotel perspective. Yeah. Uh, let's assume I want to book a room. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I want to do, right. meaning there is, uh, and I'm doing this through an application where you can uh, mm -hmm. book a room for this hotel. Um, sure. Essentially, me as a user is clicking likely a button in a UI uh, saying, I want to book this room, which mm -hmm. would then, if you would be using Axon in this way, uh, going from a CQRS and DDD uh, perspective, um, that would mean I would be dispatching a command saying, mm -hmm. book room, command. Right. So, okay. That's, that's what the UI portion does. It sends mm -hmm. a book room command, and this needs to go into a certain command handler. This is what the command bus does, right? So the command bus receives this command and knows where to give this command to. Now, this book room command needs to go to somebody who's in charge of deciding if that operation can be performed at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And there might be very yeah a lot of types of uh, different validations out there what you need to do or make this decision uh this is very much very domain specific i'm going to keep it simple that the only validation we need is that we check if there are sufficient rooms in the hotel so let's assume we have a hotel with 10 rooms in it and somebody gives me the command book room command and then i check okay do i still have an available room for what he's interested in. Yes, I do. Okay. And then you've made the decision and uh, mm -hmm. that's how you react on it. So from gotcha. a, from a more in code, you would just have a, I'd, I'd argue a class likely mm -hmm. called hotel in this case, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's the exact implementation very much depends on the domain, right? So please don't right. pin me down on this. No, um, <laughs> this hotel class would then have a function called, uh, which is a command handler. So it's annotated with add command handler and it would receive the book room command, this exact message 
to be able to deal with that and then mm -hmm. validate whether it can be performed mm -hmm. at that point in time. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. So then um, from that point, what happens next? What do we, uh, you know, do we know that we do validation as you, as you just uh, mentioned? And what is the result of that validation a little bit more into it? Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah. definitely a good point. So uh, this validation, this is really your, your business logic, essentially. This mm -hmm. is where your, your domain logic resides in the command handlers up here. Uh, you make a decision to book a room, uh, yeah. meaning that you essentially want to change the fact that a room has been booked. Mm -hmm. uh, so you need to change that state. Now, from a pure we're going past tense. yes, we're going <laughs> yes. into past tense right now. From from a from a pure CQRS stance, not really focusing on messages. Essentially, this would mean you could change the state of your model after you've done the validation. Mm -hmm. However, um, we see, or at least at Exonic, we see that there is a very strong benefit of doing this with dedicated types of messages, the past tense messages, thus the events. Yes. So. What this means in the implementation, you would receive the command, validate your business logic, whether it's okay yeah. to handle this command. And if it was, or if it wasn't, depending on how you want to react on this, you publish an event stating what has happened. Mm -hmm. So assuming that the book room command was successful, we anticipate a room booked event to be published. So yes, we're publishing this event, and uh, th this allows us to to essentially notify whomever is interested in the fact a room has been booked. Happy days! We have room uh, booked a room. Uh, now we likely want to do something with this fact. Mm -hmm. um, you you can very roughly see three major things when you're event handling. Mm -hmm. You're either changing state of a model. Right. Uh, you're reacting on this by calling a potentially third-party service, an external mm -hmm. service, like maybe uh, maybe I'm the manager or you're the manager of this hotel. Mm -hmm. And whenever somebody is booked a room, you want to get an email. So we add a piece of code which reacts to, to this event and then sends an email to you. That would be mm -hmm. an option. And the third one would be that there are always a bit more enhanced, rather difficult um, complex business transactions, right. taking several steps, taking some time, likely with deadlines in place. Um, mm -hmm. That would also be a place to react on an event. Mm -hmm. from, a, from an implementation perspective, this would be what you'd call a saga. But yeah. diving into a saga is, is uh, I, I would argue that's too much for right now. So I think that we would be nice. We will do an episode on saga. Yes. Ah, awesome. Okay. So, so we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be covered over there. Somebody else is going to pick that up. Coming cool. up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Great. Yeah, that, that would be the three things. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So um, updating a model, uh, calling a th uh, an external service, and dealing with your complex transactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. And then, um, so then talking a little bit more into uh, depth with Axon Frameworks annotation, uh, can you walk me through that a little bit, sort of like what we did with the command? Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so we're sending this event, right? right. Uh, this means we need a, a way, a place where we can put this event on so that event somebody us. knows where to give it to us, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so this essentially is what you would have with an event bus. So mm -hmm. similar to a command bus dealing with command messages, right. there's an event bus dealing with event messages, uh, yes. thus being in charge of receiving the event, 
to publish it to whomever is interested. Mm-hmm. It's slightly different than a command bus because an event bus is really a broadcast thing. Because right. while well, an event is something which has happened, you should regard it as, as history as well. Mm-hmm. And essentially in, in the real world, everybody's mm-hmm. al- allowed to know about history as well. Right. So it's sent to everybody. Whereas a command is really directed to somebody who's in charge. I see. So that's okay. somewhat uh, different. So there's yeah. a different routing need of this uh, of events. Hence, mm-hmm. why we have a dedicated event bus. Now, okay, this is it from a from a publishing end, uh, so mm-hmm. to say. Uh, there's also again the notion of handling these events. Well, you could right. likely already guess, uh, as we have a command handler annotation, we also have an at event handler annotation, which you can right. attach yep. to a function. Uh, notifying the framework, hey, this function is capable of handling this type of event mm-hmm. so that you can react on t- uh, to this accordingly. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the receiving end of these events at all now? Or is it too big of a topic? Yes, that would be okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so so the, the the receiving end would be uh, these these main three pillars I was talking about, either updating the model or reacting to it. Um, I think this is a very nice uh, moment to introduce the notion of the other model we have, because what we do in CQRS, we have a dedicated command model dealing with the operations. We also have the notion of a query model dealing with answering things for somebody who's interested in it. Um, Essentially, what we're now doing is using the events as the means to synchronize the changes of the command model into our query models. Right. So mm-hmm. what such a event handler does, so a function annotated with at event handler, right. one of the things it could do is update one of these query models. Mm-hmm. So it would likely be a, a method uh, retrieving the model it needs to change from a repository or from a database or from a cache. However you see fit, that's the freedom you have when you're doing this segregation. Um, So you would retrieve that model, make the change you need to do, and then you would store it again. That would essentially be what this event handler could do. Yeah. So um, as uh, you beautifully ended it in the uh, query side of things, let's talk about query. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, let's talk about handling the queries then. So these uh, events are published and, you know, we want to uh, have access to this information now. Yeah. So yeah. how do we handle that? Yeah, good, very good point. Uh, so, so we have this query model, which whose task it is to just provide the information as it's needed mm-hmm. and, uh, and typically stored in the form it is required because that's mm-hmm. the way your information is needed. So you right. draft it up like that. Uh, this model you need to retrieve that information from it somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you could use this repository or database or cache directly. That's mm-hmm. an option. But then you're essentially tying in your UI again directly with where your query model is. That's right. an option. But it would be a lot nicer to again use a form of a message. So let's introduce this new type of message talking about yeah. a query message. Yeah. Um, what, what this would mean from a, from an implementation perspective more so is that similarly to having a command bus and event bus, we have another one called the query bus because yeah. there's again a different routing need to these query messages, mm-hmm. uh, meaning you would draft up uh, a query message. You would mm-hmm. put that on the query bus and the query bus knows who is capable of handling this query. Right. Then you would have similarly to the command and event handler annotation, mm-hmm. you would again mm-hmm. have a 
query handler query annotation. Who <laughs> would have guessed, right? Surprise! <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> uh, you would have this at query handler annotated function mm -hmm. uh, in a in a class in a component. Who knows how to react with your repository or database or cache mm -hmm. directly, mm -hmm. so that you can uh, keep the segregation of who is actually handling this message and just Absolutely. return it as you see fit. So talking about queries and uh, you brought up database, uh, let's touch on that uh, if you don't mind, because mm -hmm. uh, we always get questions, especially when it comes to uh, Axon Framework. Do we use a, a, a NoSQL uh, database or do we use SQL database? Mm -hmm. What is the preferred option? Is so, there a preferred option? Well, yeah, well, with the last one, you actually said it. There, there not really is a preferred option. I would say mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. so much. The, so, so what this query model really it means that you, its goal is to provide the information as it's required. Mm -hmm. It's in the as is. So yeah. this very much depends on the type of request you have as a user. Maybe your UI needs to have um, likely it needs to have a JSON format of all the mm -hmm. data. Mm -hmm. So why not store it as JSON? somewhere in a likely a NoSQL one. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you do have the requirement of having a regular relational database because you need mm -hmm. to have these columns and you just want to pull out a single row and mm -hmm. represent it as such. That means you have another query model which stores mm -hmm. in a SQL database. Or you could even enhance this further because we have more fancy types of databases out there, of course, yeah. things like Elasticsearch. Yeah. Very, very, very good at doing text-based search. So. Mm -hmm maybe your application has a requirement to do text-based search. Right. Thus, you also have a component handling events, updating mm -hmm. your Elasticsearch instance, uh, tagged with uh, the capability to doing these queries to the Elasticsearch instance. So that's, that's really amazing to know, yeah. Because then it will give you a lot of freedom exactly. in terms of what you can do with it. And then you don't have to go and change things drastically to be able to really use this um, way that Axon Framework does the CQRS, for instance, right? Yeah, so you yeah, can yeah, just yeah. be free to do whatever you like. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That, that's definitely one of the strong suits, I would say, of doing CQRS. Because mm -hmm. if you wouldn't be doing this, you would have a single model doing and handling the operations and providing the answers. Um, meaning you need to consolidate to a given storage format. Whilst mm -hmm. now we can choose whatever suits our need best, exactly. which is meaning it's going to be the best for your scenario. Mm -hmm. just, uh, mm -hmm. just a lot more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was something that I wanted to ask you and I'm kind of uh, skipping backwards a little bit again. Oh, sure, uh, but sure. when we were talking about um, using uh, event bus and uh, uh -huh. we, were, we were talking about uh, sort of uh, publishing those events. Um, there was a notion that I wanted to ask, and I totally forgot about it, uh, event sourcing. So oh, yes, is this course. also used for event sourcing? So when you're event sourcing, well, yes, you're handling an event. Mm -hmm. That's definitely true. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's not directly the event bus you would be using for this. Mm -hmm. So you, you should view the event bus. So uh, going back to CQRS. We have two distinct models. Let's assume right. these are two distinct portions of an application or segregated from one another. There's right. an event bus in the middle to get the mm -hmm. messages, the events from the command model to our query model right. so that the query model can be updated accordingly. Now, mm -hmm. this would be a regular event handling, uh, streaming the events essentially. You're just streaming mm -hmm. 
to your end and handling right. as you see fit. This would be event streaming to update right. the query model. Mm -hmm. Event sourcing, however, is uh, sourcing a model based on the events it has published. So on its own events. Mm -hmm. So these query models, they do not publish events. So the query models are essentially not event sourced. What is, is the command model, however, because it's the command model handling a command, validating whether it's okay to perform and publishing an event. So your command model also handles events, but just to rehydrate itself. So ah, this also adds, an, uh, I'm gonna overcomplicate it, hopefully not gonna overcomplicate it, <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I wanted to say. Um, Go for it. When you're, when you're doing event sourcing, you thus, have the hard requirement to store these events because right. you want to rehydrate this model whenever you need it. So these events need to be there whenever you need to rehydrate it. Right. So this essentially adds the idea of not only having an event bus, but also mm -hmm. having an event store. Right. And the event store is then used to allow for events. Ah, so this is the notion so, of event sourcing versus event streaming. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. This definitely justifies uh, another chat, I think. About, Absolutely, uh, yeah. 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 right? Yeah. Uh, that will come up too. <laughs> yeah, oh, great, yeah. great. That's good to hear. So, uh, yeah, we're putting stuff. it all in uh, all in the queue. So, fantastic information. I, I appreciate all the clarification. But um, just to, to go a little bit maybe broader, can we talk about these types of messages that you just mentioned? Mm -hmm. why, do we, why do we use these types of messages? Ah, what is the benefit? Yes. Yeah, what's the benefit of doing these messages? Well, um, giving a bit of, of history here, essentially, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put this. I'm trying to, to word this in a nice, uh, nice ordering, right? Um, <laughs> Essentially, we only had commands and events at first. Queries right. were an additional thing we added later on. Mm -hmm. um, and we noticed that um, ten, 10 years back when framework started, um, mm -hmm. you would typically just be building a single monolith, just a single okay. application dealing with it. And the messages were a nice way to, to word it, so to say, mm -hmm. just to describe, mm -hmm. okay, this is what we're doing, so that you can be very generic in what you're sending over. It is okay. just captured in a message. Okay. Mm -hmm. now. What we noticed is that when you're already based on a messaging format, is that you can very easily distribute your application. So mm -hmm. whenever you need to scale out, whenever you need to have several instances for fault tolerance reasons, or because you just have a lot of operations going through, because maybe you're a stock exchange application, and you're handling thousands and thousands of commands a second, um, right. using these messages was very helpful. We could mm -hmm. just segregate those components as we saw fit and just scale them out as we saw fit. Um, hence why we also did this for queries, by the way, because yeah. uh, if you don't have query messages, then you lose this benefit when it comes to the query model kind of thing. Now, yeah. um, additionally, uh, having the freedom to separ separate these components out uh, for mm -hmm. scaling needs, for fault tolerance needs. Mm -hmm. There can be several reasons why you want to do this. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them are a bit more functional. Others are more non-functional related. What I mean with this is, let's assume uh, you and I are in a, in a given development team, uh, as we actually are, I believe. You but, are? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's assume we're uh, working on this hotel demo. Yeah. And we're now a team of five, uh, but we are hiring more and more developers. So we're mm -hmm. ending up with 50 developers. Now, okay. 
if all 50 of them would be writing in the same repository, mixing and merging on the same piece of code, that would be, uh, uh, yeah, management hell, right? That's (laughs) not very helpful. Um, This could also be a very decent reason to segregate your piece of code into dedicated services. So moving a little bit into the idea of doing microservices as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So using these messages and having the fact that when you're sending a message, you do not know who's going to handle it. And when you're handling it, you do not know who has sent it. It makes it so that they can be as far apart as you need. There's a term for this when it comes to networking, and oh, that's yeah, called that. location transparency. transparency. So yeah. it's a, a very lengthy story, but uh, if you, if I just say location transparency, well, uh, that's likely not going to land. So, so I always try to yeah. make it a, make it a story. <laughs> but essentially, you could look up uh, the term location transparency and what it means. But it's mm-hmm. it's location transparency, which allows us to make cleanly, nicely segregated components just using these types of messages to send the operations you want, to react on what's happening and to provide the information somebody needs uh, without knowing who's going to handle that exactly. or whatever. And, and that's it definitely really matter. the. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't really, it, it shouldn't matter yeah. from your perspective because exactly. if it doesn't, it means you can pull them apart and you can mm-hmm. go from a given good segregated monolith to having dedicated services or microservices, mm-hmm, having exactly. that freedom. Which again, exactly, you you spoke the word, I was thinking freedom, which yeah. is really, really key, I think, because then it allows you to uh, do a lot more with it. If you want to, uh, for instance, expand um, your particular um you know, model, event, whatever you have, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be connected to something else. And then, no. uh, in terms of deployment, then that would make things a little bit easier too, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you touch on that a little bit too? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, f- from a deployment perspective, well, you could just the the components which are dealing with uh, handling commands, for example. Let's assume we have this dedicated uh, command model components dealing with that logic. Uh, Firstly, it was just in a single monolith, so you would deploy it as such. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now we, uh, as I pointed out, want to scale it out. So we pull out this piece of code, make it a dedicated uh, repository, make this deployable, and we could run it once. We could run it twice. We could run Mm -hmm. it as often as we want. So we could deploy it in the number of needs as we see fit, just because we're just using these messages. pieces which are gluing everything together, those are our buses. So Mm -hmm. this is why I pointed out that a command bus can be a distributed format. Because if you have a distributed command bus, well, you can just give it a command and the distributed Mm -hmm. command bus knows, okay, I might need to give it to myself or it needs to go to other instances out there Mm -hmm. who are also Mm -hmm. capable of handling these commands. Yeah, yeah, which is great. And I think... Um, another another thing that I was just thinking about in terms of deployment, and you mentioned uh, having a team of developers, I think that would also help a lot if your team is working on something specific that needs to be deployed more frequently. Yeah. Another team doesn't need to have that sort of exactly. uh, frequency. That will help out a lot. I think it, it will smooth uh, things out in terms of uh, working on a project, but having separate teams as well to give them that kind of freedom too. Yes. I think it's also very helpful in terms of um, uh, project management and working and sort of higher level, if you would. 
completely agree with you nice. there. It makes it so much more pleasant to, yes, you're together making this awesome piece of software, but mm -hmm. you're not tied to what their team wants. Maybe their team yes. wants to use a different programming language. Mm -hmm. Let them, that's fine. They're on yeah. their own. You can talk with them because you're just using these messages. Yeah. It's all going to be and okay. And I think that's fascinating that you mentioned too. You can use different languages. You can use different technologies. You don't have to all be sort of on the same no. location with everybody, which is which is fantastic. So, yeah, we talked about a lot of really cool stuff that will give me ideas of uh, future talks that, that we can good. sort of nice. go more deeply into. You know, I will come back to you. No, of course. Yeah, I was hoping awesome. so. Um, I was hoping so. Thank you very Any, much. Any um, final points that you'd like to mention anything else that mm. i missed no 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 I, I, yeah uh, just to to consolidate it again it's it's these the using these types of messages allows us to do be location transparent yeah. so that we can uh just segregate as the need arises nice. um and and touching a little bit back on on the event sourcing question it is the difference between event sourcing and event streaming, essentially, right? right? So the query model is where you're streaming events to. Event sourcing is when you're updating the or, or rehydrating the command model mm -hmm. from its own events. Mm -hmm. Those would that be the sense. two gotchas I really want to emphasize yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, the word to take away, which is one of my favorite words, just generally speaking, is freedom. You nice. have freedom to do what you like, which is which is perfect. Awesome, awesome Stephen. Thank you so very much again for joining me and uh, clarifying all these uh, uh, rather complex uh, points, which is, which is fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, much Thank obliged, you. Sarah. Was happy yeah, to be part of it. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, Sarah. Talk Bye -bye. to you soon. Bye. I hope you really enjoyed this talk with Steven. Please join me next time as I talk about event sourcing and event streaming. Until then, have a great time and happy coding.